America's symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. And welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade. Now at episode 116, 116, as we kick off February TV here in the World Wrestling Federation in the 1988 Project. And I have your host, Ray Russell, to take you guys along for the ride. As this week, ooh, we got a lot to get into, so I won't waste too much time here at the top of the show, except to announce, well, if you guys missed it, the main event, February 5, we have a brand new WWF champion. Andre the Giant defeated Hulk Hogan and then surrendered the title over to the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And we talked about DiBiase appearing on some house shows last week as the WWF champion, including in Boston Garden and the Philadelphia Spectrum. Well, we've got a major piece of business to get into here this week. A very special announcement going to be made by the WWF president, Jack Tunney, in regards to the World Wrestling Federation Championship. But before we get into all of that, guys, just a friendly reminder that you can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade in our sister shows, like the Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories. We've got three projects going on over there right now, including Georgia 81 with Jamie Ward, the UWF in 1986 with Roman Gomez, and now it's Memphis 85 with the likes of Steve Crawford and Gene Jackson. You can also listen to the Wrestling Stoop with the legend himself, Bob Roop, as the former Olympian goes back in time and talks about his 20-plus year career in the world of professional wrestling, both in the ring as well as behind the scenes. Always a good time there with Bob. And of course, I want to throw a plug out there to Luke Jennings. Luke Jennings running the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast, the UK's number one and only Memphis wrestling-related podcast. So give Luke a try, guys. And you can listen to all of those shows and more, all part of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network located over at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met, from Apple to Spotify, Pocket Cast, and beyond. And hey, while you're at it, be sure to subscribe to my social media accounts, guys, for all of the latest goings on here at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. Plus, I'm constantly adding old school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history. And you can follow me right now. Head on over to X, formerly the Twitter. You can find me there at Rasslin Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Rasslin Grenade. And hey, guys, while you're at it, why not subscribe to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Rasslin Grenade. Uploading new footage all the time over there on YouTube, including our YouTube version of the Wrestling Memory Grenade, Regional Rasslin, and so much more. And of course... I would be remiss if I didn't mention that now would be an absolutely fantastic time to become a WrestleCopia patron. It's a new year. Maybe you're looking to find that new podcast brand back. Please consider making it WrestleCopia, guys. And right now you can stop on over and look at that $5 all-access tier at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Yes, indeed. Five bucks going to get you all sorts of gifts including all of my insanely detailed show notes, 
for every episode of The Grenade Show, Regional Wrestling, and The Monday Warfare Project. Plus, you'll also get early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia, where you can listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. Then from there, it's remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade Show, covering the old 1989 NWA project. Includes enhanced sound quality, plus new content and conversation never heard before. But that's still not all. You also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. Just upped several new digital downloads over the past week. And of course, you also get the Patreon-exclusive Watch Along series, covering many past WWF and WCW events, guys. And you get all of that, plus random bonus video drops. And video casts are on the way. And of course, by now, if you don't know, WrestleCopia, all Patreon audio, you can find it now on Spotify at the WrestleCopia Patreon Spotify account. All you have to do is sign up to this $5 all-access tier. And you get all of this, like I said, for that low, low price of just five bucks. No subscription. Cancel any time. Show your support, guys. Give it a try for a month. I think you'll like all the content that I offer, and every penny of it goes right back here into funding the brand. Help keep the WrestleCopia Podcast Network and all of the wonderful shows here up and running for the months and the years to come. And with all of that said, it's time to jump into February of 1988 in the WWF here, the television. We're going to kick off TV here this week, and it all starts with the February 6th edition of the Superstars of Wrestling. All right, guys, and away we go. Superstars of Wrestling, February 6th, tape back January 26th, Hershey, Pennsylvania, at the Hershey Park Arena. It's Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, and Bruno Sammartino on commentary. Not going to be able to say that a whole lot longer. As we get going right out of the gate, Vince McMahon mentions what went on last night at the main event. Remember, February 5th, the night before? Vince kind of references the situation without mentioning what actually transpired. Vince reminding us of the major event that aired last night without even mentioning the name of said event, which I always found weird here on syndication. Because, see, they'd always promote Saturday night's main event and the main event, but they tried to avoid actually mentioning it by name most of the time. I assume because the syndication package and the USA affiliates weren't linked to NBC at that time. Anywho, Vince McMahon informing us of an edict that has come down, a gag order of sorts, if you will, that as of right now, they are prohibited from mentioning or discussing anything that transpired last night at the main event due to a pending internal investigation. Wow, that sounds big league. Internal investigation. Now, in reality, with, with these TV programs airing within hours of the main event going on live Friday night, this show obviously produced prior to the main event, meaning they're unable to show clips nor discuss it with 100% certainty since things could have changed last minute. And in one of the cases, the Intercontinental title booking, things were changed last minute. Uh, but this was more about the entire Hogan-Andre DiBiase saga here, just to build the suspense as this week becomes more of a, a placeholder for the top storyline. As we jump into the action here this week, 
It's Ravishing Rick Rude with manager Bobby the Brain Heenan taking on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, a rematch from Royal Rumble 88. Let's just hope there's more action here, eh, guys? Now, this was originally announced as Rude versus Orndorff last week on TV, but Paul has since left pro wrestling to run his bowling alley and kind of rest those nagging injuries. Meanwhile, the Dragon stepping in to replace Paul here, even on some of the house shows, to battle Rick Rude and, of course, here on TV as well. As Rick hits the ring, he asks the sound guy to cut the music. What he'd like to have right now? Well, he wants to show the ladies the true meaning of what Simply Ravishing is all about. And as the action gets going, it's a feeling out process to start. And we're less than a minute into the match when Harley Race and Hercules come ringside to join their manager. This doesn't look good for the dragon right out of the gate. As the match progresses, we get a fun little rope running sequence from both men leading to a crossbody from the dragon and some deep Ricky Steamboat arm drags before working over the Ravishing One's arm. Rude finally escaping with an inverted atomic drop, pounding away, hammering away on the dragon as Ravishing Rick will wind up telegraphing a backdrop and Ricky Steamboat countering with a swinging neckbreaker. And that's followed up by the 10 turnbuckle smashes of doom as the dragon now ascending that top rope, coming down with the flying chop off the top into the head of Rick Rude. And remember, before Steamboat went away last summer, he was using that as his finisher more often than not. But before the dragon has the chance to make the cover, it's Hercules up on the apron to distract the referee, and then it's Harley Race tripping up the dragon from the floor, causing a distraction there. As Rick Rude then going to take back over on control, but the crowd jumping to their feet, cheering loudly. What is going on? Why, it's the ultimate warrior. Warrior coming ringside, attacking the King Harley Race, and tossing him into the ring. Warrior then going to follow Race inside as the referee has no choice but to call for the bell. Hercules quickly joining in as well to make it a three-on-two, favoring the Heenan family here. So we got Rude Race and Hercules versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the Ultimate Warrior. What an odd pairing that would have made as Hercules and Harley double clothesline on the Warrior and then the heels triple-teaming Ricky Steamboat over in the corner. But the crowd erupts again as it's Ho Hacksaw Jim Duggan with two by four in hand. Duggan hitting the ring with his board and the heels go running off. And wow, what a weird, bizarro world I'm looking at right now, right here in the ring. The warrior, the dragon, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan high-fiving one another, raising each other's hands. What a very unique six-man tag that could have been, guys. But the end result of the match, a double disqualification Due to outside interference, the matchup only goes about 4 minutes and 18 seconds, and this was definitely faster paced and even more fun than the 20-minute rest hold fest that we got at the Rumble, but the big story here was the Warrior, for me anyway, who is now being worked into the actual storylines of the World Wrestling Federation. Warrior going to have his hands full with the Heenan family moving forward. As we move on now to Special Report and Craig DeGeorge, who announces information on the upcoming WrestleMania 4 pay-per-view. WrestleMania, we learn, will take place Sunday, March 27th, 4 p.m. Eastern in the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey. So the hard sell begins, and I'm here for it. As we head back to the ring for The Rock, Don Morocco taking on Dusty Wolf. Jesse Ventura on commentary begins an episode-long tirade on President Jack Tunney, preventing him from speaking about what took place at the main event. Jesse even winds up getting censored bleeped here 
multiple times throughout the show, a long bleep over commentary in this matchup, specifically even the word censored scrolling across the screen. And again, this won't be the last time here on this episode of Superstars, as the body is irate. He talks about freedom of speech. No such thing in the world of the WWF, Mr. Ventura. As we get back to the action, though, Morocco and Wolf, it's Morocco with a side Russian leg sweep and then an impressive driving power slam sending Dusty down to the mat before the tombstone pile driver. Got to put Wolf away. Morocco goes over here to a loud ovation. Match goes two minutes in time. As we head off now to Mean Gene Oakland standing by for our first soundbite of the week. It's the Matildaless British Bulldogs. With all that is happening right now with the World Wrestling Federation, I certainly have to bring these two gentlemen out. They are former tag team champions of the World Wrestling Federation and certainly one of the most recognizable tag teams in the entire world. They are the Dynamite Kid, Davey Boy Smith, collectively. They are the British Bulldogs, and what a history you two have had in the World Wrestling Federation. Right now, I don't think it's any big secret. You've got an axe to grind with the Islanders, the mysterious disappearance of your mascot, the little bulldog, Matilda. Recently returned, Islanders reinstated after being suspended. And now, right now, gentlemen, before we talk about the Islanders themselves, let's talk about, Davey, the condition of Matilda. What shape is she in? Well, Mean Jean, she's not in very good shape at all. She doesn't want to eat. She just sits in the corner all day long. She doesn't want to go for walks. She's very sick, Mean Jean. And that's thanks to the Islanders and that no-good weasel. Well, let me tell you something, Islanders. You took that dog away from the ringside and then tried to come on national TV and deny it. We saw it. All the people saw it. And no, Islanders, it's time to pay the price. If you want to play, you must pay... And believe me, Islanders, and believe me, Bobby the Weasel Heenan, all three of you are responsible for what happened to Matilda, and all three of you are going to pay. All right, I get the impression that, that Matilda, quite obviously, was like family. As a matter of fact, Dynamite Kid, I, I think you treated her somewhat like, like a child. Mean Gene, Matilda's just like a child to the British Bulldogs. We love that little dog. And what the Islanders and Weasel did to that dog... It's disgusting. Highlanders, Weasel, you build something up inside the British Bulldogs. Two things. Revenge and hatred. And we're going to take that right to the ring for the Islanders and for you, Weasel, if you get in the way. All right, gentlemen, uh, can you give us any kind of an idea of when Matilda is going to be back? When fans around the country, around the world, will see her back in the arenas and auditoriums. Well, Mean Gene, we've been talking to the veterinarian, and he says it's going to be quite a while. But hopefully, hopefully for the Islanders' sake, that she'll recover. All right, I thank you very much. British Bulldogs, Dynamite Kid, and Davey Boy Smith. So the Bulldogs laying blame on both Bobby Heenan as well as the Islanders. They're all responsible for what has happened to Matilda. But the Bulldogs promising that all three of the heels will indeed pay. But isn't it a little ironic that the Bulldogs are bitching about what Heenan and the Islanders kayfabe did to the dog when you think about all the stories you hear of what the Bulldogs actually did to Matilda? At call it perfect timing, perfect placement, call it what you will, after the Bulldogs promo there, we get another Matilda update from the Bulldogs. So back-to-back Bulldogs promos, and I won't do this to you guys, so I'll just tell you. They say, Matilda, she isn't doing too hot. She's actually getting worse since being returned to them. But keep sending in your letters, guys, to Booster Spirits. Send them to Get Well Matilda, P.O. Box Attached. 
So my thoughts and prayers are with Matilda at this point in time. Hopefully she recovers. Something tells me that she will. As we head back to the ring for the outlaw, Ron Bass, taking on Gary Starr. As, uh, it's just a total mauling here from the outlaw. Nothing fancy, but it's very believable and effective. And then it's the Texas pedigree, if you will. Going to get the win here at 1 minute and 38 seconds. Now, post-match, Ron Bass wrapping Miss Betsy, wrapping his bullwhip around the throat of Gary Starr, and then hanging him over his back and walking him around with him. I wrote, awesome. Great stuff here by the outlaw. As we continue on, more action in the ring. Hacksaw Jim Duggan saw him here earlier to help make the save. Duggan taking on Brian Costello. As during this matchup, we get an insert promo from Duggan's WrestleMania 5 opponent a year from now, Bad News Brown. Bad news promising even more bad news to come here in 1988. As we head back to the action, Jesse Ventura again wants to talk about the main event because it's his right as part of the First Amendment. And again, he's censored here. Go figure. Jesse Ventura threatening Jack Tunney with Barry Bloom. I wrote LOL. Little inside joke there for 1988 anyway. As a Duggan with the Old Glory knee drop and the wind-up slam before it's the three-point stance and the leaping lariat clothesline giving Hacksaw the win here. One minute and 48 seconds as we go on. We saw Duggan. He came to the rescue earlier. Now it's time to hear Minjin Oakland standing by with the Ultimate Warrior. You know, over the years, I've seen a lot of promising talent to the World Wrestling Federation. My next guest, just by his mere presence here, he is already a superstar. I could only be talking about the young man that they're buzzing about across the country and around the world. Wrestling fans everywhere I go are asking me about this man. Come on in, the Ultimate Warrior. Not that long ago, you arrived at the World Wrestling Federation, and certainly you've seen the biggest and the best tremendous competition here. I could throw out names like like Hercules from the Bobby Heenan family. Yeah, you're right, Mean Gene. The biggest and the baddest and the best are in the WWF, and that's why the Ultimate Warrior has come to the WWF. You know, there's a lot of warriors that come and go, but the Ultimate Warrior, I earned that title. I earned that title by beating the other warriors down on the ground and leaving them in the dirt. Talking about a man by the name of Hercules. One of the men that I know the power of the warriors is going to come to you, Hercules, because I've heard about you time and time again. The man that nobody can move, nobody can budge. You know, you talk ah. about, about the power of Hercules. I've seen your, your tremendous power. I've seen it used and utilized very well in the ring. But let's take a look at the ultimate warrior, your goals, your objectives. It's a big year. We've seen that already. What are you looking for in 1988? In 1988, I'm looking to pull all the warriors out there that are WWF fans, making them warriors, making them feel the power of the ultimate warrior, and coming down the road with me, the road to success, the road to greatness. That's where the ultimate warrior is headed, and you better believe it. You know, a lot of people, wherever I go, this great world of professional wrestling, ask me some questions, some not exactly on the subject of professional wrestling, but one of the questions I've heard a lot of lately, why does the ultimate warrior paint his face? It's got to be a reason. The paint is nothing but preparation for battle, but when the paint wears off during the battle, the war really begins, because underneath this paint, there's many different colors and many different personalities, and you're going to see all of them in the WWF. Ah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you. He is the ultimate warrior. My word, what a phenomenal physique. Truly a great competitor. I see a promising and bright young star on the horizon in the World Wrestling Federation. A man we're going to hear a great deal about in weeks, months, and years to come. 
Now, we got a quick promo from the Warrior one other time leading into a bunkhouse battle royal, but I do believe this is the very first Ultimate Warrior promo as conducted by someone here, Mean Gene Oakland, and looking to make the fans little warriors on the road to success here in the WWF, as the paint is only preparation for the battle, says UW. Under the paint, there's many different personalities. Boy, I'll say. As we go on, it's the Royal Rumble report. Craig DeGeorge talks about the fallout from the Rumble as we see highlights of Dino Bravo's bench press attempt. No, thank you. And then Jesse Ventura helping Dino to lift that 712 pounds. So I wrote here in my notes, if only the original bench press lift was this short. I could have dealt with this two-minute special report. As we roll on back to the ring, Bam Bam Bigelow back in action after that knee injury. He's accompanied, of course, by Oliver Humperdinck in his corner, taking on Gino Carabello. I believe this is Bammer's first match back. I believe it's his very first match back after taking a week off due to that knee injury. Of course, Bammer missed the Royal Rumble matchup, so must have been fairly serious to miss such a, an event. But here he is, two days later, after the Rumble at this TV taping. So we'll have to see what he tries to do or tries not to do here in this matchup. His commentary shifts us to the latest WWF magazine, and inside one of the articles would suggest we're getting ready for a Bam Bam one-man gang feud, as we've heard here in recent weeks in promos. But it's back to the action. Remember Bammer nursing that injured knee, so let's see what goes on here in the matchup. Bigelow using some basics here to start off, showing off his power, none of his fancy stuff here at all, but we do get the slingshot splash to pick up the very quick win. One minute and 16 seconds. Bigelow clearly protecting that knee here. No standing drop kicks, no cartwheels, nothing fancy at all. But he really didn't need it. A guy his size just used his power to maul Carabello here and score the win and still worked in his uh, actual finisher, which was a little surprising, all things considered. As we roll on now to a special interview up on the platform, Craig DeGeorge standing by with the Doctor of Style Slick and the Bolsheviks. Ugh. The Slickster says he's disgusted with the American fans who show no respect for the Russian athletes as they are some of the best in the world. And then we hear from Nikolai and Boris, who, who both get a chance to speak here. Nothing much, by the way. Nikolai, though, going to sing us out with the Russian national anthem. I wrote, very odd to give these guys a platform interview on the A show, no less, when there's no plans for them in sight. But you got to be fair. Equal opportunity, right, guys? As we continue on, another highlight from the Royal Rumble. Going to see the Jumping Bomb Angels defeat the Glamour Girls for the ladies' tag team titles. And then from there, it's a WrestleMania 4 promo in the shape of a slot machine. The lever is pulled and the wheels begin to spin, landing on WrestleMania 4 jackpot. Coming to Atlantic City, Trump Plaza. Actually, it's the convention center, but we'll get into that at a later date. So the promos begin WrestleMania 4 less than two months away. Mark your calendars now, guys. going to be a fun ride. As we go on, we get an interview here from Bobby the Brain Heenan and his Islanders laughing at the thought of having remorse for that flea-bitten mutt, Matilda, and the British Bulldogs. So the Islanders still very hot and heavy in their feud with the Bulldogs, even if it's not the greatest storyline ever. Is Bobby foreshadowing here what's to come when he says he not only despises anything that crawls, but also anything that flies? Hmm. wonder what that means. As we go on back to the ring, the one-man gang. Accompanied by Slick, taking on Jerry Gray here. And at the start of the matchup, Jesse Ventura, his telephone's ringing. 
Even Vince McMahon stunt. You have a telephone up here, pal? So something definitely new. We know Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan have that phone on primetime, but Jesse Ventura with a telephone here on Superstars. Definitely different here. As uh, Ventura says, it's Donald Trump on the phone. Well, not really, but let's pretend, guys. Uh, Jesse talks to the Donald about seats for WrestleMania. But it's not what you think, guys. It's not Donald giving Jesse seats, but rather Ventura giving Trump and George Steinbrenner seats near him. Not really sure how that works, giving the owner seats to an event that he's promoting, but okay. Meanwhile, the gang going to pick up the quick win here with the Gord Buster, the Master Blaster, if you will, pinning Jerry Gray one minute and 38 seconds. And then post-match, Vince McMahon is handed a note that is said to be from President Jack Tunney. But Ventura, he doesn't care what the note says. He's sick of Jack Tunney and his rulings, his mandates. Jesse Ventura stands up and leaves the broadcast booth in protest. Aw, come back, Jesse. And before we get to this note, guys, we're off to one more promo here on Superstars. It's Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the natural, Butch Reed. All right, I've seen many a classic rivalry or feud in the World Wrestling Federation. I've got to say one of the hottest right now in the ranks of the WWF involves The Rock, Don Morocco. And my guest from Kansas City, Missouri, as a matter of fact, he is a former Kansas City chief toting those 22-inch guns, as you call them, yes, the natural uh, butchery. I'm telling you, look here. Look at his body. See it. This body's for real, man. This ain't nothing phony about this body. That's why it's the natural. That's why I am the natural. USDA Prime cut meat, brother. You know, I brought up the name of Don Morocco, and apparently yeah. you're a little reluctant to discuss The Rock. No, I'm not reluctant to discuss The Rock. I just don't like to talk about The Rock. But if you want to talk about The Rock, we can talk about The Rock, and we can also talk about his burden, his load, his heavy load that's trying to live in his past and his glory. But it's all done come to a halt, and you know who I'm talking about? Burden? I, you say burden? I said burden. Who would that be? That would be none other than that fallen star. That fallen star, that nothing happening, rheumatism toting, broke down. Poor excuse for a professional wrestler, Billy Graham. You That's know, who I'm talking about. You know, I'm going to give Billy Graham a little credit here. He is not here to defend himself in the, in the words... That you have just you said, can't defend derogatory as they may be. But Billy Graham came a long way back, Butch Reed, and you know that. Yeah, that's just what you said. What did you say? Say it again. He came what? a long way back. A long way back. That's right. You're living on your path, Billy Graham. You're trying to pick up the pieces and put them back together, especially in that old wild broke down hip of yours, but you know what? It's just not going to happen. And what's going to happen? You're going to take down Morocco down the same drain that you're going down, boy. You two fools, somewhere down the line, somewhere down the road, listen to what I'm telling you. You both are going to be escorting each other back to the convalescent home in two-wheel Cadillacs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, he is none other than the natural butchery. So Butch Reed clearly still feuding with The Rock, Don Morocco on the house shows, and The Rock having to carry the burden of one superstar, Billy Graham. And now to end this episode of Superstars, we go to Vince McMahon, who informs us of what the letter from Jack Tunney discussed, that next week, right here on TV, we will see highlights of the Hulk Hogan-Andre match from the main event, 
And at that time, the announcers will finally be allowed to discuss the fallout from that championship match. Plus, if that wasn't all, Jack Tunney will make, and I quote, an official decision of sorts. Boy, I'll say. So if you missed the main event, they continue to build the suspense. You'll have to wait another week to find out what exactly transpired. What is Jack Tunney investigating exactly? Why is there a gag order in place? You'll have to wait and find out next week. But in the meantime, WrestleMania 4 is now being promoted. So we can get excited for that. As we roll off now to Wrestling Challenge for February 7th, 1988. Away we go, Wrestling Challenge, February the 7th, taped back January 27th, Salisbury, Maryland, at the Wacomico Youth and Civic Center. It's Bobby the Brain Heenan and Vince McMahon on commentary here for Wrestling Challenge. Remember, Gorilla Monsoon had that mild heart attack shortly before the Royal Rumble event, just a few days prior, I do believe, and obviously not healthy enough to return in time just a few days later here for this challenge taping. So in the meantime, much like primetime, it's Vince McMahon filling the shoes of Gorilla Monsoon. Not that many people can, but it's Vince and Bobby on commentary this week as we head off to the ring for the feature matchup. February sweeps and all. It's the Ultimate Warrior taking on the Mighty Hercules with Bobby Heenan in his corner. And what a way to kick off the show. Like I said, February sweeps means competitive matches. As we see the Warrior enter to his ring music and we cut backstage to Bobby Heenan hyping up the Mighty Hercules for epic battle here. As Hercules enters the ring, he goes nose-to-nose with the Warrior Man, Hercules flexing in the Warrior's face, showing off his guns, but Warrior simply snarls and poses right back. Hercules then going to remove the chain from around his neck, grabbing hold of one end, and then tossing the other end of the chain at the Warrior's feet. So it appears Hercules wants to play a little game of of tug-of-war here, see who the stronger man is. Or maybe it's Tug of War, Rear. See what I did there? As the Warrior Man reaches down and picks up his end of the chain, wrapping it around his hand and wrist, and it does appear, yes, the struggle is on. Both men pulling the chain, trying to gain the advantage, overpower their opponent here. But as the Warrior appears to be winning that battle, Hercules, with a cheap shot, a boot to the Warrior's gut. And Herc, proud of himself, looking down at the kneeling Warrior, but it's the ultimate one who jumps up and jerks his into the chain. And Herc, still holding the opposite side of that chain, the chain, it snaps in half. What power by the warrior! Vince McMahon sells it here, snapping a steel chain in half as Hercules falls on his butt in the corner in disbelief. Looking up at the warrior, did he actually just break a steel chain in half? The warrior then swinging the chain wildly before he comes after Hercules. But Herc wisely uses his half of the chain to clothesline the warrior down. Great spot there, Hercules grabbing the chain in both hands, using it as a as a clothesline of sorts, taking the warrior down to the mat. Great bump there by warrior. Great spot there by the mighty Hercules. As Herc then wrapping the chain around the throat of UW and begins to choke him out, 
And from there, we see multiple preliminary guys hit the ring, try to break Hercules' grip on the chain around the throat of the Ultimate Warrior before Bobby Heenan has to finally get Hernandez off of the half-choked-out Ultimate Warrior. But just moments after Heenan and Hercules leave the ring, the Warrior is back to his feet, miraculously, and he begins to lay chase and revenge with chain in hand. Warrior catching up with Hercules just before they get backstage, wrapping the chain around Hercules' throat, and the two men brawling all the way to the back through the exit curtains. The fight presumably continues in the backstage area, so no real wrestling here at all, but the bell did sound. So the match, I guess, I suppose it went somewhere like two minutes, two and a half minutes, and the Warrior apparently going to get a DQ win here due to Hercules' attack with the steel chain. So apparently the tug of war was okay. It was legal as part of the matchup. It was when Hercules used the chain that the disqualification took place. Gotcha. So the Warrior now fully positioned into his very first feud here in the WWF. And what a great choice in the criminally underrated Mighty Hercules. What a first task for the Ultimate Warrior. And that feud just getting started. We'll see these two cross paths a couple more times as we head into WrestleMania, guys. But we continue on here. Action in the ring. I use that term loosely because it's the Bolsheviks. Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov with the Doctor of Style Slick. They're going to take on the tandem of Jerry Gray and Rex King. So we get the Soviet National Anthem in the ring. Is Bobby Heenan going to return from his matchup there with Hercules? And he wants to talk all about the main event. So it's Bobby now who gets the bad news about the edict in regards to the gag order about that event Friday night. So Bobby, he plays Jesse Ventura here, plays the same role as the body, upset that he can't talk about it on Wrestling Challenge. Meanwhile, in the ring, Nikolai with a gut-wrench suplex and double underhook suplex on Rex King. Then it's Boris Zukov's turn, sending King across the ring and up into the corner as Rex going to do the flare flip up and over onto the apron, falling outside to the arena floor. And then once back inside, it's Zukov with some nasty echoing forearms against Rex King's chest. And then it's Jerry Gray's turn to get pummeled here in this one as the Russians manage to cheat even against the job guys here. Boris blasting Gray in the back of the head as he was running off the ropes. Jerry Gray then stumbling forward into a double axe handle from Nikolai Volkov. So we've seen a Polish hammer. I guess this is the Russian hammer. Well, makes sense. Nikita has the Russian sickle. So here in the WWF, we, we have the Russian hammer. As the Bolsheviks going to get the win, two minutes and 11 seconds. And I wrote here, extra aggressive and solid this week. Can't believe I wrote that. In regards to the Bolsheviks, somebody seems to have lit a fire under them, at least for this week. And I have to say, as far as Bolshevik matches go, this is probably my favorite thus far. As uh, we continue on, we go off to Craig DeGeorge now. He's standing by with Axe and Smash Demolition. Well, a lot of you fans, a lot of people here at the World Wrestling Federation asking this very question. Can Billy Jack Haynes and Ken Patera stop Demolition? It has been a very interesting tag team matchup over the last few months, but nothing settled on it yet. But this question indeed remains. And Axe and Smash, well, I, I know what your answer is going to be, but maybe you could support it. Can Billy Jack Haynes and Ken Patera stop Mr. Fuji's demolition? Smash. There's not a chance because every time we've ever met him, we've left him lying. We've been in every big city in the world. We've climbed the tallest mountains. We've ran the steps in the tallest buildings in the world. And you know why? 
because that's our training. When Master Fuji wakes us up at four o'clock in the morning with a rap on the head and makes us run these stairs, you kind of hate the guy. But after you get in that ring and you kick somebody's teeth in, you look back at Fuji and you say, he's the one that created us. He's the one that made us the best tag team. So maybe one day the strike force might get a little bit of guts and they might face us. Or maybe some other team that thinks they're tough will face us. Right, Axe? You know something? Everybody tells us that we're a little goofy. We shouldn't listen to Master Fuji. He's leading us the wrong way. He's leading us the right way. Because all the things that we go through in training, when we get in the ring, it's like a picnic. There's nobody and no team that can withstand our punishment. We don't stop and sit in the hold. We try to rip an arm out, snap a neck or kick a face in. You know why? Because Master Fuji wants to be a happy man. The strike force, you've been hiding for some time. You've had the belts, you're champions. Well, if you're true champions and you really think you can hold the belts, why don't you give us a try? We're tired of kicking everybody else's face in. We've beat Billy Jack Haynes, Ken Patera, we've beat the Spaghetti Connection, we've beat the Killer Bees, we've beat everybody. The only people we haven't beat up on are the new champions. And you know why? We can't catch you yet. They're scared. Tito's, Tito's dad and Rick Martel did not want to meet you two? You know they don't want to meet us because when they meet us, they're going to have to turn over the belts. Right, why don't you do it? This is a very dominant tag team. This is demolition. So they show off the new WWF magazine, which asks the question, can Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes stop the demolition? Well, as you guys know, Billy Jack Haynes already gone from the promotion as the Demolition about to move on to much bigger things here as the only team left to beat are the WWF Tag Team Champions, Strike Force. Set your goals high and then accomplish them. Demolish and destroy the Strike Force. Can't wait for that showdown as the program continues. We hear once again from Bad News Brown, who actually has good news for once. The good news is... To all the other wrestlers, Bad News Brown won't be here this week. But the bad news is he will return next week. So look out, WWF superstars, as we roll on. Tag team action with the Young Stallions, Jim Powers and Paul Roma, taking on Brian Costello and Gino Carabello. As the Stallions looking crisp early on, lots of energy, quick moves in the ring. Powers eventually winding up in the wrong corner, though, where Carabello lands a nasty European uppercut on Jimmy, but Power's going to make a blind tag to partner Paul Roma, Carabella running into the ropes, but Power's out of the way, and Gino instead running into a now-legal Paul Roma's belly-to-belly suplex. And the Young Stallion's going to pick up the win here, 3 minutes and 10 seconds, and if you go watch this footage, clearly that was supposed to be the usual Power Slam finish by the Young Stallions there, but Roma doing a good job, covering it up as best he could, turning the botched move into a belly-to-belly, a nasty one at that, so... It worked for a finish. As uh, the match, it was fine. Though the finish, obviously sloppy. But the challenge crowd, just simply not the Superstars crowd here. Superstars crowd was loud as hell. They were really into everything. Wrestling challenge crowd, eh, not so much. Uh, So it didn't really help matters that the fans, they weren't really into this matchup, which doesn't really help the Young Stallions out at all. But any momentum these two had coming out of Survivor Series, all but gone at this point. As we continue on, we're off to Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the Doctor of Style Slick and his one-man gang. 
From the day the Doctor of Style, Slick entered the World Wrestling Federation and brought into this great, great organization the one-man gang, he has promised us and himself and the one-man gang some big things. Slick, come on in. You have promised that ultimately the one-man gang would be a world champion here in the World Wrestling Federation. Thus far, you've fallen a little bit short of those goals. Well... Let me uh, answer your question, or let, let me remark uh, to your statements by bringing the gang in. And then I want to add this. Man. Oh. Now, you're right. 1987 was not a disastrous year for myself and the one-man gang. We were very successful. You made a lot of money, I know that. Made a lot of money and beat a lot of people up, okay? And everybody knows that. But then you're right. I mean, everybody knows that the ultimate in professional wrestling is the world's heavyweight championship. And that's one goal that we failed to achieve in 1987. But you're saying that could happen in 1988 or it will happen in 1988? Exactly, That's what I'm saying, brother. It will happen in 1988. You know, the big man and myself sit down the other day and we had a long, serious talk. Now, I know you think he can't talk. Well, you don't let him talk to me. I don't know why. That's right, and I have a reason for not letting him speak. Because usually when he starts talking, he gets so uh, wrapped up in what he's saying that he goes on the warpath, and it usually costs me a lot of money. That happened in 1987. It cost you and him $10,000 out of your own pocket. That's right, you know. Now, they find him. But me being the gracious manager that I am and caring about my men like I do, I pull a 10 grand out of my pocket, baby. Oh, don't kill a girl. No other manager would do that. You know it, Gene. When have you ever heard of another manager paying his man's fine? Wait a minute. One man gang, did he really do that for you? Did he pull the money out of his own pocket and pay off that $10,000 fine? You nailed a referee, you know that. Do you mind stepping to the rear, please? Stepping to the rear, familiar sound? Huh? Step right back here with me, brother, and then deal with what You're I tell you You're still doing do. it to me, Slick. You're not going to quit, apparently. One-man gang, a force to be reckoned with here at the World Wrestling Federation. I thank you. So, Mean Gene, he wanted to speak with the gang there, but he gets to the Slickster instead. Gang doesn't speak unless he absolutely has to, and he doesn't have to when he has Slick there with him. And honestly, I like the pairing of the gang and Slick. I thought they worked well together, as Mean Gene pointing out that the gang... Failed in his opportunities in 1987 versus WWF champion Hulk Hogan. But Slick, he vows gang, will be the next WWF champion here in 1988. Eh, champion, Akeem, what's the difference? As the show continues on, we get a replay from Superstars, an update on Matilda with the British Bulldogs, because we need your addresses, pal. Send your letters now. Get well, Matilda, as the show continues on. Ravishing Rick Rude in the ring with Bobby the Brain Heenan taking on Brady Boone as Rude tells the fat boys in the crowd to shut their mouths so he can show the ladies what Simply Ravishing is all about. And as we get ready for battle here with a couple of Minnesota boys, Rude attacking Boone early on, but Brady begins to dodge Rick with a double handspring backflip and then a top rope backflip over top of Rude as well, landing on his feet. Fancy maneuvers there by Brady Boone, but none of it wrestling. And that dazzling defense doesn't lead to much of anything, as Brady runs right into a Rick Rude power slam, and the relentless Rick pounding away here, doing some poses in between, until a nasty Rude awakening, that hangman's neckbreaker, going to put away Boone, 1 minute and 39 seconds, an impressive dominant victory here this week for Ravishing Rick. 
as we go off now to another platform interview. This time, it's Craig DeGeorge standing by with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. As Duggan talks about setting your goals high, folks, never say quit. Think positive. It'll lead to good things. Tough guy. Hacksaw is still mentioning his feud with Harley Race in the promo here, though it's quickly coming to an end, guys, as everybody's going to go off to new things. But Jim Duggan putting over his 2x4 once again as his equalizer, his backup, if you will, but a very quick generic promo for Hacksaw just to get him on TV. As we head back to the ring for the natural Butch Reed with Slick in his corner, taking on David Studemeyer. Bobby Heenan during this matchup on commentary, much like Ventura on Superstars, Heenan is censored for wanting to talk about the main event here. Meanwhile, in the ring, it's Butch Reed with a running bulldog, and he just continues to dominate Studemeyer from there. And then it's the press slam and an awesome-looking top rope clothesline going to give the natural the win, 2 minutes and 58 seconds. As we go on, we get the Rumble recap again, DeGeorge talking about Bravo's bench press record, and of course the Bomb Angels title win. And then we get, once again, the slot machine, the WrestleMania 4 promo bumper, before we're off to the ring for more tag team action. This time, it's Demolition, Axe and Smash, taking on Rick Hunter and Omar Atlas. Is Smash going to attack Atlas right at the bell, and boy does Omar take a beating here. And then it's Rick Hunter's turn. He's in next, as it's more Demolish and Destroy. Before the demolition decapitation, going to put Rick Hunter down. Demolition getting the win. Two minutes and 35 seconds. On commentary, Vince McMahon even mentioning that demolition are hot on the heels of the tag team titles. So the seeds are planted here for that one. And honestly, demolition for me, I think they're ready. They needed that year to get over, but now they're ready. And we've got one more soundbite lined up for you guys here on Wrestling Challenge. We head off to Craig DeGeorge right now. He's standing by with the outlaw Ron Bass and Miss Betsy. Hello again, everyone. I must say I have some reservations about conducting this interview after what happened to me a, a few weeks ago. I'm speaking about the, the Texan, the nasty Texan outlaw Ron Bass from Houston, Texas, 300 pounds strong. And, of course, Miss Betsy. Ms. She's always with me, brother. You know, okay, just be real cool, little buddy. I'm not going to hurt you today. I'm not going to do anything. And I promise you, Miss Betsy, she's going to be on the best of behavior because she's been a good girl right now. And she ain't, you know, she's kind of, you know, kind of meddled out a little bit. But I've got a few questions that I want to ask you. First of all, you know, I've always heard it said that if you go looking for low-down yellow dogs or snakes or weasels or whatever, you have to go out and you have to kick over a few rocks. Well, that's what I've been doing. You know, I've went over and I've kicked over a rock or two. I jumped up down and I stomped on it and I stomped on it. And I ain't got no rat out of there yet. I ain't got no snake out of there yet. And when I'm talking about rats, when I'm talking about snakes, when I'm talking about yellow dogs, I'm talking about people like Mr. Hulk Hogan. How about Mr. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? Or how about the Macho Man Randy Savage? Where's all these big bad dudes at? Have they kind of tucked their tail between their legs and slipped? Right in under their building or in under a rock or something and hiding from the big aloe and Miss Betsy, is that what happened? Are you saying they're sidestepping you that Hulk Hogan, <laughs> that steamboat, that the Macho Man did not want to go against you? That is exactly what I'm saying. What it boils down to is the big outlaw. He's coming right up here and he's talking. He's making challenges. He's making remarks towards you. Why don't you prove that you're big? You're bad enough to shut me up when nobody has yet. And you know something, Mr. Craig DeGeorge? There ain't nobody enough to shut me up. So why don't you boys, you know, why don't you quit shaking all them little babies' heads and kissing them old fat ladies of yours and just get in the ring and fight the big outlaw? 
Paul, I'm looking for a fight. And I tell you what, I'm not going to leave here until I get a good fight. And you know something, Miss Betsy, I'm going to turn her loose. I said she was on good behavior, but she ain't going to be no more. She's looking for you people. So let me tell you something. Mandate, Randy Macho Man Savage, Hogan, Ricky the Dragon, Jake the Snake, the big outlaw. He's on a ride. Right, He's looking for you. Jackson outlaw, Rod Bass, and Miss Betsy. Well, not, not a whole lot to say there. Just another solid promo from Ron Bass, who's been given more TV time lately. Matches on syndicated TV, a lot more promo time. I think he's doing a good job with what he has. And they've really been utilizing Miss Betsy the Bullwhip. That's for sure. As we go back to Bobby and Vince, Heenan again censored as we end the show here. So Bobby storms off, just like Jesse Ventura before him. But we learn that next week, we'll hear all about the main event, the fallout, and a special announcement from President Jack Tunney. You don't want to miss it, guys. And it was kind of weird. I, ju- I just now noticed it as I close up these two episodes of TV. No insert promos during the matches at all this week in any of the matches on either program. So I'm a little curious if this becomes commonplace for a few weeks or if this was done simply because it was taped before the main event. Either way, I never minded the commentary team of Bobby and Vince McMahon, but it just never gelled like Gorilla and Bobby, Vince and Ventura, Gorilla and Ventura. Bobby and Vince was fine, but get well soon, Gorilla. We miss you. Can't wait to have you back. As we roll on now to Primetime Wrestling, February the 11th, special Thursday edition. I'm confused. Primetime jumping all over the place as of late. I can't keep track. I think it's back on Mondays now, but this is a Thursday edition. And I think next week it's, it's on Friday or something. Worry about that when we get there. But here we go. Primetime Wrestling, February the 11th. Your host, Bobby the Brain Heenan. And <laughs> he's already back, guys. It's Gorilla Monsoon back in the studios. What a trooper. A mild heart attack. And the guy's back on TV just a couple weeks later. And remember, this was recorded prior to the air date. And right out of the gate, we get the intro here. We heard it on Superstars. We heard it on Wrestling Challenge. And now we're going to hear it on primetime as Gorilla Monsoon talks all about that gag order issued by one Jack Tunney. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Thursday Primetime Wrestling, where we feature the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation, and this week, no exception, we've got some beauties lined up. And I'm the host, Bobby the Brain Heenan. You mind if I get that in? No, nobody said that. Did, did I hear you say that? Yes. We're going to be taking a look at the uh, Ultimate Warrior and uh, your guy, Herc. Before we go into anything else... Let me have the honors. Let's get down to business and talk about Indianapolis. No, we're not going to talk about Indianapolis at all. You know what went down. You know the gag uh, law that was laid down by uh, World Wrestling Federation President Jack Tunney. Well, that doesn't affect me. No one can discuss the February 5th event yet. That's that's, uh, the the First Amendment. I can say whatever I want. you can. I'm sorry. Yes, I can. You can. In Indianapolis, which camera? In Indianapolis. No, we're not going to talk about Indianapolis. I just finished telling you that. If I have to, we'll stop the whole program and we'll just forget about it. But you're not going to sit here and break the gag law imposed by President Jack Tunney. And that's final. It's I what, am what the about host. A, what about America? What? Yeah, this you're is the, I am the host of what this program. What about Apple Pie and Chevrolet and Mom yeah, and the waving right. of the flag and the yeah. First Amendment? I can speak. Well, uh, freedom of speech. W- would you like to be fined, say, uh, five In or Indi- ten grand? Or breaking the gag law? They could fine me $10,000? Absolutely, yes. That would make you keep your mouth shut, wouldn't it? I'm just going to tell them that well, Andre the 
Giant, as we uh, stated earlier on, some interesting matches coming up right now. Our first one, we're going to take a look at the one-man gang as he takes on Hillbilly Jim. I'll get it in before side. this program's you over. So a gag order of sorts in place. A gorilla wouldn't really call it that, but it is what it is. Bobby Heenan can't talk about the main event here, though try as he might for the next two hours, guys. As we roll on, we go back in time just a few months to a matchup involving the one-man gang taking on Hillbilly Jim, and in Hillbilly's corner... It was once again Little Beaver, and they didn't learn anything from WrestleMania 3. Beaver goes down again, this time to the hands of the near 500-pound one-man gang. Well, Little Beaver got squashed like a grape in <laughs> WrestleMania 3, and uh, it's been just about almost a year since then, Brain, and now he's squashed again. I think he's kind of found his niche in life. What, getting squashed? Getting squashed. Well, I, I tell you what, uh, I believe that looking at that particular piece of footage that this guy had to be hospitalized when that was over. Yeah, they, uh, they what's, brought what's in a big blotter. Mind? What's on your mind, Brian? I know, well, I'd like to be able to talk about Indianapolis and well, tell the people the information. Can. We can at this particular point. And they're going to find me and, and pull me off the air if I do that? I hope so. It's not fair. So Bobby Heenan stating that Little Beaver, he found his calling, getting squashed by the one-man gang there. As we continue on, coming out of a George Steele matchup, we see referee Dave Hebner there. And speaking of Dave... Still Mr. Unpredictable, George the Animal Steele, and still that fetish brain for those turnbuckle pads. Oh, yeah, he's a sick puppy. Did you notice who the referee was in that match? In that particular matchup right yes. there? that we just uh, I believe it was Dave Hebner. Dave Hebner, that's right, Dave Hebner. You know, speaking about Dave Hebner... You might as well speak about Indianapolis. No, we're not so, going to speak about Indianapolis just because about, Dave Hebner was the referee in that particular matchup. What is it? Don't. Can I reach you? Is there any way that I can reach you without hitting you in the pocketbook that we're not going to talk about Indy and the February 5th event? As long Go ahead. Who are you going to call now? You've, you've about run out of people to call. Who are you calling? Miss Betty, you think she can help you out with this? Highly unlikely, Brain. Call whomever you like. Plenty more action still to come here this week on a special Thursday edition of Primetime Wrestling. We'll be back right after this. So Bobby Heenan wisely trying to work it in again to talk about the main event. He says, speaking of Dave Hebner, but we're not going to talk about February 5 in Indianapolis. Nice try, Bobby. And of course, we saw it over the weekend. The Ultimate Warriors slated to take on the mighty Hercules. The match never really took place. It was more of a, a tug of war with Hercules' chain leading to the Warrior, Hercules, or both, snapping the chain. And we're coming out of that segment right now. We're going to hear Bobby and Gorilla's take on the situation. You know what's going to happen, Brian? Come next week, when the gag order will be lifted by the President Jack Tunney, you won't have anything to say. You won't be able to get a word out of you then. Until then, you want to just blab away on everything. <clears throat> you got That's to a couple of your stars That's my job as a journalist. Here. A journalist. As a reporter to the... To the you human. don't resemble that remark at all. A fountain of misinformation? You yes. watch what Herc does to this nitwit. I paints his face, a moron. Hercules with the ultimate test here in the Ultimate Warrior. Well, what could have proved to be a great match turned out to be a disaster. Thanks I know. to you. Thanks to me, what did I do? Wh what did you do? Do you see it in the way Herc snapped that chain? No, it was the Ultimate Warrior's power that snapped the chain. No, no, as he got up, Herc pulled down. The pulling down was with the gravity not force. Was you with the blonde hair at ringside screaming, get him, attack him, kill him? Or was that see, some lookalike? No, it was me. Oh, okay. I was giving him moral support. Yeah. You saw what he did to the 
ultimate fool left him laying there. Didn't we? No, he didn't leave him. No, no, that's, you're right. But he had to have 12 guys in the back. Who was running out? Who was running out? Who was being chased by the ultimate? When is this going to end? You don't watch what goes on here on this program, do you? You got, you got a headache? You should. We'll be back right after this. So the question remains, everybody arguing, who snapped the chain? Now, of course, all the babyface announcers stating that the warrior snapped the chain, of course. Meanwhile, the heels are pointing out that Hercules was holding the other end, takes two people. Valid point there. Either way, I get what they were going for here. The Ultimate Warrior snapping a steel chain, but, but the actual visual, it was just not good. It sounds better in description and retrospect than if you actually go and watch the segment as Heenan referring to the warrior as the ultimate fool. Again, that feud will continue on, leading into WrestleMania as we go off now to Mean Gene Oakland standing by. Well, we've already heard from him once, but I don't mind it. Here we go again. It's Mr. Fuji this time standing by with his demolition. All right, hi again, everybody. Mr. Fuji, come on in. I've got to talk to you. I know you've got big plans for Axe and Smash, the demolition. I know that that you've got that big carrot that's just hanging out there for you called the World Tag Team Titles. Let me tell you, Gene Oakland, 1988 is Mr. Fuji's year. Now, the demolition has gone through some mean training where I have them ripping through tires, pushing trucks, climbing up walls. Now, this year, they promised Mr. Fuji something that Mr. Fuji wants. And they will tell you what I want. What I want, I get. Wait a minute. If I could interject here, axe and smash, maybe you're thinking a little too far past Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes. Nothing is ever too far. Just like Master Fuji says, he wants us to break bones. He wants us to rip teeth out, rip eyes out. He don't care. A lot of people don't understand us, but we don't care. The only people we trust is each other. And the reason why is because we're the best. And we're here for one reason, and that's to win the tag team titles. Isn't that right, Axe? Axe, your thoughts? You know something, Howard, for a long, long time now, we've gone through rigorous, hard, difficult, and sometimes nasty training. But it pays off. We're having trouble getting opponents. Because every time somebody steps in a ring with us, they get a free ride to the hospital. Now, the champions have been avoiding us. They say you have to prove yourself. We don't have to prove anything to anybody except Master Fuji. And he's satisfied to this point. But we're going to give him what he wants. If it's bone snapping, he can have it. If it's a punched out eyeball, he can have it. If it's a championship belt, we're going to get it. You understand, Howard? Uh, it's not yes. uh, Gene, yes. Mr. Yes. Fuji, yes. maybe you're pushing yes. these guys a little no. too hard, huh? Mr. Fuji never pushed too hard. What Mr. Fuji wanted, Mr. Fuji did. Well, that's quite obvious. He's got quite a team here at Demolition. They are Axe and Smash. Demolition indeed. So Axe and Smash, they sound ready as they're coming for the tag team titles. Howard. Because what Mr. Fuji wants, Mr. Fuji gets. And Mr. Fuji wants... Those tag team belts, Axe and Smash coming for Rick Martel and Tito Santana. And try as Bobby May throughout this show, no talk of Indianapolis goes down here, but they will talk about it next week on the special Friday edition of Primetime. So next week here on the program, they will talk at length 
about that matchup, that Hogan-Andre match that went down February 5. And as we conclude this week's primetime, a few exclusive matches here and an exclusive interview here as well. One of the matches and the interview segment conducted in Hershey Park Arena back on January 26th. First, it was Craig DeGeorge conducting an interview with Jesse Ventura, Dino Bravo, and Frenchie Martin. Ugh, I'm still having flashbacks of the Rumble with those guys together, but it's basically Ventura and Bravo claiming that Bravo was the new world bench press record holder because he lifted that 712 pounds all by himself. Now, I don't know about that, Jesse. And 712 pounds? Eh, not likely. Now, also in Hershey, it was George the Animal Steel, we talked about that earlier, defeating Wellington Wilkins, or whatever he's going by here this week. It was the Flying Hammerlock giving Steel the win, 2 minutes and 36 seconds. Also, another exclusive here from Salisbury, Maryland, January 27th at the Wacomico Center. It was Natural Butch Reed defeating the Junkyard Dog on a disqualification. Match goes 7 minutes and 11 seconds. When Don Morocco comes ringside interfering, attacking Butch Reed, after Reed had begun using Slick's cane as a weapon behind the referee's back. So actually, it was Reed cheating first, using Slick's cane, while while Slickster distracted the referee. Reed was pummeling the dog with the cane, but it was Don Morocco to the rescue. Unfortunately, the referee sees it, calls for the bell, going to give the natural the win as they throw another bone out there for that feud to continue on in the house show market. As we go on now to the following week, guys, Superstars of Wrestling, February the 13th, Tape back January 26th, Hershey, Pennsylvania, Hershey Park Arena, Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, and Bruno Sammartino on commentary. As the edict has now been lifted, as promised, we go back in time to the main event and see nearly the entire matchup. Hulk Hogan defending his WWF title versus Andre the Giant, and we get all of the aftermath with the twin referees. Of course, we have a new WWF champion in Andre, and then Andre surrendering the WWF Tag team title to Ted DiBiase. So Superstars opens with a replay from the main event of the big matchup, Hulk and Andre. But following a commercial break, we then hear from the brand new WWF champion. Can't believe I'm saying it. It's the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, who is standing by with Andre the Giant and bodyguard Virgil. (laughs) Do you see it? Do you see where it is? Right there where I told you it would be. I told you people that I always get what I want, by hook or by crook, and I told you I would be the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. And look where it's at, Hogan, thanks to this man right here. I am the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. That's right, Hogan. I told you, and I will not be a champion like you were. I will be a true champion all the way up and all the way down. Oh, I don't plan on coming down. But look at the way you did it, Hogan. Can you imagine this man going out and paying the money? You say everybody's got a price. What kind of money do you think Hogan had to spend to go out and get a Dave Hebner look-alike referee to come out in the ring and try to confuse the issue? Try to confuse the issue, but it's not going to work, Hogan. It's not going to work because here the title is and here the title will stay. Long reign, Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion. (laughs) Boy, it's still so odd to see DiBiase actually wearing the WWF title that at that very moment, he does own. Keywords there, at the moment. Is DiBiase gloating that everybody's got a price, and thanks to Andre the Giant, Ted DiBiase is the new WWF Champion just like he told us all he would be. 
So the Million Dollar Man, the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion. Then from there, we get a replay of the post-match promo from Hulk Hogan. How much money did they spend on the plastic surgery, man? Yeah, that promo. Hulk Hogan talks about the dollar bills, the multi-million dollar man dollar bills falling out of the pocket of that crooked official, whoever that was. So now we've heard from both sides in the fallout from the matchup. Now it's time. Right now, guys, we're going to take you to the WWF president, Jack Tunney, for his long-awaited comments on his week-long investigation into the Andre Hogan match. Listen closely. February 5th, 1988 will go down in World Wrestling Federation history as a day of infamy. Never before has there been such controversy to surround a World Wrestling Federation championship match. Despite having viewed time and again videotapes of the Hogan-Andre match, the decision of the referee is, as always, unfortunately final. Therefore, Hulk Hogan is not the World Wrestling Federation champion. However, it clearly states in the rule book that in order for a wrestler to be deemed a champion, he must either pin the reigning title holder or make him submit. That is the only way a wrestler can become champion. Therefore, unequivocally, I can state that Ted DiBiase is also not the World Wrestling Federation champion. Furthermore, it also clearly states in the rule book that a reigning champion may at any time in his tenure end his reign by publicly surrendering the title, which is exactly what happened when Andre the Giant presented the championship belt to Ted DiBiase. Therefore, Andre is also not the champion either. It is my decision that to be fair to the last two reigning champions of record, Hogan and Andre, and to furthermore be fair with the number one contenders who would have faced either Andre or Hogan as champion, I now declare the title vacant. And this vacancy to be filled on March 27th of this year during WrestleMania 4 in the form of the first ever World Wrestling Federation Championship Tournament. In this championship tournament, the last two title holders of record, Hogan and Andre, will justifiably be given a bye for the first round of competition. They will not compete in the first round, but will face each other in the opening of the second round of the tournament. The pairings have been completed for the first round of the competition, and they include Jake the Snake Roberts meeting Ravishing Rick Rude, Don the Rock Morocco taking on Dino Bravo, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat will wrestle Greg the Hammer Valentine, Randy Macho Man Savage goes against the natural Butch Reed, Bam Bam Bigelow against the one-man gang, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan will take on the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. It is my sincere wish that all of the participating wrestlers in this historic tournament, and more importantly, all of the fans of the World Wrestling Federation, construe my decision as the only just and fair way to determine who will be the new undisputed World Wrestling Federation champion. Wow, a big piece of business here this week to set up WrestleMania 4. Great breakdown there by Tunney. 
whether he's reading a script or not. Whoever wrote it, great stuff, as it breaks down every aspect of the situation. No stone left unturned there. Not leaving the casual fan, the smart marks to point anything out, any flaws out here in this ruling. A referee's decision is final, says Tunney. Thus, Hulk Hogan did indeed lose the WWF title to Andre the Giant. So mark it in your books, guys. Andre the Giant was officially the WWF champion. However, Andre then in turn legally surrendered the WWF title belt, thus relinquishing his duties as the new WWF champion. Andre then handing the belt over to Ted DiBiase. However, Tunney makes it very clear here. A title can only change hands by pinfall or submission. You can't give it away. You can't even sell it. Therefore, Ted DiBiase is also not the WWF champion. God, Ted, you'd think with millions of dollars that you would have had someone go over the bylaws of the WWF championship in the rule books. Anywho, the moment Andre the Giant surrendered the title, it became vacant. So currently, nobody is the WWF champion. Not Hulk Hogan, not Andre the Giant, and certainly not the Million Dollar Man. And based on the story being told, for the first time in WWF history, the title is vacant. Vacant pending a one-night, 14-man, single elimination tournament to be held at WrestleMania 4. And to be fair to the last two champions, Hulk and Andre, not you, DiBiase, the Hulkster and the Giant will receive buys straight into the quarterfinals, where they will meet each other to kick off the second round. Now, the 12 other names will also participate in the tournament, competing in first-round matches. These men deemed to be the top 12 contenders. With the first-round bracket currently looking like this, at the top of the bracket, ravishing Rick Rude, taking on Jake the Snake Roberts, it's Morocco going one-on-one with Dino Bravo. Now, the winner of those two matches currently scheduled to compete in the quarterfinals and then meet Hulk Hogan or Andre in the semis. But we know this bracket's going to change over time. And we'll get into that as we go along. Also, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Greg Valentine, the Macho Man taking on the natural Butch Reed. It's Bam Bam Bigelow going up against the One Man Gang and the Million Dollar Man meeting Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Now, what's interesting here, while the matches won't change, like I said, the bracket pairings will change over the next couple weeks. Currently, it's Rick Root and Snake. They're scheduled to wrestle Morocco or Bravo. And that's up in the Hogan Andre bracket for the semis. Makes you wonder, what was the original plan here for the quarterfinals, the semifinals? Morocco versus Rude? Morocco versus Andre in the semis? Hulk versus Rude in the semis? Or maybe even the unthinkable. Was Dino Bravo going to get a bye through the quarters and then wrestle in the semifinals of the WWF title tournament? Ugh. Meanwhile, at the bottom of the tournament at this point, it's Duggan versus DiBiase. And the winner of that was actually slated to wrestle the gang or Bam Bam Bigelow in the quarterfinals. Now, this also places DiBiase in the same bracket as the Macho Man for the semis, which is also interesting. So maybe DiBiase and Bigelow in the quarterfinals? Maybe DiBiase gets a bye through the quarters. But DiBiase versus Savage in the semis? Clearly something big changed here after the initial release of the brackets. Because the opener, Rude and Snake match, and the closer, DiBiase and Duggan matches, they're going to be flipped. But more on that at a later date. So you have to wonder, was the original plan for the finals of the tournament Hulk versus DiBiase? Did they decide we need to really build up the Macho Man for the finals? 
So this original bracket, it has me very curious of the original planned outcomes before Honky Tonk Man went and changed the entire course of pro wrestling history. But wow, what a big story. Probably the best piece of business Tunney ever did here on TV as well, I have to say. But there it is, the WWF title now vacant and pending a 14-man single elimination tournament at WrestleMania 4 and a lot of big names involved there. The Macho Man, of course, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, the Million Dollar Man. Bam Bam Bigelow, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, some other guys in Vince's current favor, like the Rock Don Morocco, who's really getting into Vince-type shape, pal, if you know what I mean. Of course, Dino Bravo, another guy who looks the part for Vince. The one-man gang, large and in charge, just lots of great talent there. And Greg Valentine getting another bone thrown to him since threatening to jump to Crockettland somewhere about Survivor Series time of last year. The Hammer back in singles. He got Jimmy Hart back as his manager. He's in a feud currently with Brutus the Barber Beefcake. So things are looking up for Valentine, at least for the moment. And he's going to take on the Dragon in the first round. And boy, what a surprise finish that had, huh, guys? But we'll get into that weeks from now, WrestleMania 4. And how could I forget Rick Rude and Jake Roberts in the opening round? Looks great on paper. And then the bell rang. As uh, we continue on here, we come to the end of Jack Tunney's announcement. We join the following match in progress. And I'm really not complaining because it's the Young Stallions taking on Joe Murdo and Terry Gibbs here. As more than 25 minutes of the program, we finally get our first match of the TV taping. Now, we did get Hulk and Andre to open the show, to be fair. But this is our first actual matchup from the arena here, nearly halfway into the program. But you can't really complain. They spent the first half of the show setting up WrestleMania. As the match progresses, however, Terry Gibbs with an awesome move here grabbing Jimmy Powers by the back of his hair and then yanking him backwards, driving him down into the knee of Gibbs as the heels from there are going to take over, working over Powers on the mat until Murto misses a charge in the corner. And then it's hot tag time to partner Paul Roma, who lands a nice drop kick and a crossbody on Murto. Powers tag back in and basically dumping Murto right on the top of his head for a Powers slam. The Young Stallion's going to pick up the win. One minute and 37 seconds shown there. As we head off now to Mean Gene Oakland, standing by with one of the many participants upcoming in that WWF title tournament at WrestleMania 4, we're going to hear from the Macho Man, Randy Savage. By now you've heard the astonishing pronouncement of World Wrestling Federation President Jack Tunney. World Championship is being held up for the time being, but certainly things may be ironed out when WrestleMania 4 happens in Atlantic City. At the Trump Plaza on Sunday afternoon, March 27th with a 4 p.m. start, there will be an elimination tournament for the World Wrestling Federation's heavyweight title. Quite obviously, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, receiving buys and justifiably so in the first round. However, other top contenders will meet in various brackets in that first round, including this man, by virtue of all that he's done at the World Wrestling Federation over the past three years, Macho Man Randy Savage, you're going to be part of this big tournament, and your opponent in the first round is going to be none other than the natural Butch Reed. First of all, what do you make of all that's happened over the past week, ten days? I'm going to answer your second question first. I like that. Yeah, Yeah. WrestleMania 4 with all the focus and attention going right there to that one place in time. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Natural Butch Reed. Right now, looking into the video scope, I got respect for you as an athlete, super athlete, but you don't have the only key to the gym, yeah. There's other people that have paid their dues, and that focus of attention at WrestleMania 4 
war is going to be spectacular, a spectacle, yeah. But, uh, yeah, go ahead, right You know, now, Macho yeah. Man Randy Savage, it's no secret, in late 1987, you were proclaimed to be one half of the mega powers along with Hulk Hogan. What do you make of what has happened to Hulk Hogan and the World Heavyweight Championship? That question right there is too hot to handle right now. So. Yeah, I'm thinking I hear voices, but my eyes don't lie. Yeah, and you know what I'm talking about, Ted DiBiase. Yeah, this will carry you a little ways, but it won't take you all the way. Yeah, you're going to be taught that sometime in your life. And I think WrestleMania 4 can be the place. Yeah, but Butch Natural Reed, I'm talking the guy with the big guns. Yeah, that's the guy I'm concentrating on. Yeah, WrestleMania 4, I'll be there and ready. Yeah. All right, he is one of the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation in WrestleMania 4 in the tournament for the world title, the Macho Man, to meet the natural Butch Reed. And there it is, right out of the gate. We're already getting into things. Randy Savage addressing his opponent in the first round of the title tournament talking about the natural Butch Reed. He calls him a top-level athlete, but this is the opportunity of a lifetime. So says the Macho Man. As we head back to the ring to see Macho's opponent in that first-round matchup, it is the natural Butch Reed in the ring with the Doctor of Style Slick, Reed taking on Rex King here. And we get an insert promo from Reed also talking about that matchup with the Macho Man. The natural man will put down Savage at WrestleMania 4 and move on into that championship tournament. Then it's back to the ring for action here. Rex King missing a top rope reverse body block. And then from there, Reed going to take over, landing the big press slam and the top rope clothesline, turning Rex King inside out, scoring the win one minute and 45 seconds as Slick and Reed do a little dancing to celebrate the win. So we heard from Savage. We saw Butch Reed in the ring. And now we're going to go off right now to another soundbite queued up. Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the Doctor of Style Slick. And both of his men entered into the title tournament. It is the one-man gang and the natural Butch Reed. All right, get ready for WrestleMania 4. Yes, it's going to be happening from Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Sunday afternoon, March the 27th, 4 p.m. Eastern start. Come on in, Doctor of Style Slick. After what happened on the main event, officials of the World Wrestling Federation coming up. With a championship elimination, we've got a couple of rounds for certain. Opening round, of course, obviously, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant have drawn buys, but you got two good chances out of all of the top contenders, Slick. Exactly. And understand it is not an accident, brother. Brother. That's right. It's not an accident. You see, I planned it like that. That's why I've got the best mind in professional wrestling today. The best mind. Exactly. All right. Please. Now, Get, I want to bring in my two superstars. One being the natural Butch Reed, the other, the one-man Kang. Kang here is going to be facing Bam Bam Bigelow in the first round. Very formidable opposition. Well, you know what? Everybody's been talking about this is going to be a battle of the budge, a battle of the big men. But you know what, Bam Bam, when you step in the ring against the 747, baby, you just seem like a big man. Because this man is so big that every time he steps on the scale, it reads to be continued. All right. There, please, let's exactly give me a break. Right what about right. the natural Butch Reed facing Macho Man Randy well, let Savage? Let me tell you about the Macho Man Savage facing the natural Butch Reed, you understand? His chances is slim and none. Slim and, and you know what happened to Slim 
<laughs> Slim just left town, baby. And they tell me that I might face who is that steamboat or Greg the Hammer Valentine. Well, let me tell you something, boys. It don't matter which one of you I had to face after that first round, because I'm going to face one of you. So let me tell you, Greg the Hammer, you are going to be the one getting hammered, boy. And Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, you going to be getting steamrolled. So Mean Gene, pointing out the obvious that both men, Reed and the gang, both entered in this title tournament. As Slick says, he planned it that way, my man. Slick then going to address the opponents here in the matchup. Bam Bam Bigelow taking on the gang. Of course, Randy Savage battling Butch Reed in that first round. As the natural one, already looking past Randy Savage, looking forward to his opponent in the quarterfinals, whether it be Ricky Steamboat or Greg the Hammer Valentine. So good job here of making it feel like everyone ready to wrestle anyone for the WWF title. It could even be the gang and Reed at some point in the tournament. Then from there, we continue on Superstars. It's a replay from last week's wrestling challenge, Warrior and Hercules, the chain snaps. Hercules attacking the Warrior post-match, Warrior then chasing Herc to the backstage area. As we continue on here, more action in the ring. Hacksaw Jim Duggan taking on Dave Wagner. As we get an insert promo here from Duggan, promoting his matchup with Ted DiBiase in the first round at WrestleMania. And then back in the ring, Duggan with the big slam in the three-point stance clothesline, going to give him the win here over Wagner, one minute and 47 seconds. So another well-placed match on the card to build up yet another matchup in that first round of the WrestleMania 4 tournament. As we continue on, we're off now to Mean Gene Oakland. Uh-oh, they've heard the news. Mean Gene standing by with Andre the Giant, bodyguard Virgil, but most importantly, we're going to hear from the irate million-dollar man. What an incredibly profound pronouncement from World Wrestling Federation President, the distinguished Jack Tunney. We now know that all leads up to Atlantic City, New Jersey, and WrestleMania 4 on Sunday afternoon, March the 27th, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start. And what a day and afternoon and evening it yeah, should be. Yeah, what a day and afternoon it's going to be. I thought I had seen it all when Hogan brought out a lookalike referee to try to confuse the issue because he knew he was going to get beat. Now you, Tunny, you go in here and you got to mix up and mix it all up. Another loopholes, more bureaucratic crap. That's what it is. This man did his job. He pins you, Hogan, one, two, three, and delivered the belt to me. It should be right here around my waist, bought and paid for. That's why I did it, to prove that it could be done and it's exactly what it is now we're gonna have a tournament a tournament for a belt that i paid a lot of money for that i should already have well you're number one duggan on my hit list all you people out there want to know that what the million dollar man's made of i've rolled over everybody else and you duggan you're just like all those penny pension nickel and dime peons out there you've got no class you don't belong in the ring with me and i will pin you i will make you submit i will do whatever i gotta do but that belt is gonna be mine all right, I thank you, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. He's going to be active in the first round in WrestleMania 4 of this elimination when he meets Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Andre the Giant, you and Hulk Hogan have received buys. However, the two of you will meet in the second round. That's going to be an easy match. Because Hogan, you know it. I beat you three times already. I'm going to be another four times. And Hogan, believe me, that belt going to be in Ted DiBiase's West. That's why I promise you that. All right, the promise of Andre the Giant. Let's get ready for WrestleMania 4. Trump Plaza, Atlantic City, Sunday afternoon, March 27th. So needless to say, DiBiase is pissed off. 
perhaps rightfully so, as he talks the bureaucratic crap here at the WWF. Ted paid a lot of money, good money, for that title belt, and now it's being taken away and put up in a tournament. DiBiase promising to do whatever it takes to beat Jim Duggan in the first round. As the Million Dollar Man then storms off, it's Andre's turn to speak here. The Giant has Hulk Hogan in the quarterfinals. Andre says he's beaten Hulk Hogan multiple times at this point, and he will do it again at WrestleMania 4, and somehow the belt will make its way back around the waist of Ted DiBiase. Boy, what could have been the original finger poke of doom? DiBiase and Andre, think about it, guys. From there, it's back to the ring tag team action. The British Bulldogs taking on the team of Van Van Horn and the Red Demon. So no conquistadors here this week. Jose Luis Rivera puts on his old Red Demon gear instead. Is Davey Boy busting out a big press slam early on on the Demon? Dynamite Kid in with the snap suplex. Then it's Davey Boy with the running power slam. Smith then going to launch Dynamite Kid up in the air with the big gorilla press, sending his own partner Dynamite into the air with a diving headbutt down onto Van Van Horn. Going to end this matchup. All you people that are concerned about Matilda's health, well, the British boys would like to tell you that she's made a remarkable comeback and she's gained a lot of weight. Isn't that right, Dynamite? That's right. And pretty soon she's going to be right at ringside with the British Bulldogs where she belongs. But it doesn't end there. We got another tag team match ready in the ring. Axe and Smash Demolition with manager Mr. Fuji. They're going to take on the team of David Studemeyer and Eric Cooper. And we get an insert promo right away from Demolition who demand a tag team title shot versus Strike Force. They say there's no more places to run, no more places to hide. Tito Santana and Rick Martel, the end is coming soon. Is Demolition beat the piss out of Studemeyer here to start off the match, and then it's poor Eric Cooper's turn in the ring before the decapitation. Going to put away Cooper, one minute and 45 seconds. So for months, they've teased so many teams being in line for a tag team title shot. Of course, the Hart Foundation getting their title rematches around the horn as well. But now it's a hard sell with Demolition as the true number one contenders. No debate anymore. There's no talk of the Killer Bees and the Rougeos and the Bolsheviks and whatnot. No, it's Demolition in line for a tag team title match. And as we close out this week's superstars, Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the former WWF champion. Boy, that's hard to say. Here we go. It's Hulk Hogan. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with the status of the World Wrestling Federation's Heavyweight Championship, that coinciding with the announcement of Sunday afternoon, March 27th, in Atlantic City, New Jersey, Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino, WrestleMania 4. I cannot believe that these decisions have been made by the World Wrestling Federation, but I must say, justice justice will prevail you've got this big elimination comprised of nothing but number one contenders our president jack tunney justifiably so giving andre the giant and hulk hogan a buy in the first round here are the first round matches in this elimination tournament that will be for the world wrestling federation's heavyweight championship first round jake the snake roberts to meet ravishing rick rude bam bam bigelow the one-man gang to meet also in WrestleMania 4 in the first round of the Elimination Tournament. Don Morocco to meet Canadian strongman Dino Bravo. Hacksaw Jim Duggan to meet the much-talked-about and very controversial million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. Steamboat Valentine, Savage and Reed. Those are all first-round... 
Look at your eyes, Hulk Hogan. I can see the pain. I can feel it just standing next to you. How much money, brother, did the multi-million dollar man lay on the dude to have his face redone? How much did he lay in that plastic surgery? How much extra man to rip me off of the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight title? You know, I feel justice is giving us all our due, man, because of the foundation of the prayers, the vitamins, and training the largest arms in the world. We're not going to have to go after number one contender after number one contender, man. I feel because the way we've lived this thing, we're getting paid back big time. Thank God for Donald Trump. Thank God for Trump Plaza. Thank God for the WWF and Jack Tunney. Because on this one given night, WrestleMania 4, we can weed through all the trash and get right down to the basics. Either it's a multi-million dollar man, either it's Andre the Giant, or by hook or by crook, that skinny Virgil happens to wind up with me in WrestleMania 4. We're going to prove Hulkamania lives forever, and we're the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion. All right, I thank you, Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania 4 in Atlantic City, March 27th. So we heard from the Million Dollar Man, we heard from Andre, and now we hear from the former champion himself, Hulk Hogan, almost said champion, caught myself there. But how much money was it, man? Hulk Hogan still stuck on the main event, the payoff to this faulty official, this twin referee, if you will. And then after crying over spilled milk, Hulkster no longer going to cry over spilled milk. He's gunning for the WWF title belt once again in that tournament at WrestleMania 4, and the first man in his way, the biggest of them all, Andre the Giant. As we close out this week's wrestling challenge, WrestleMania 4 really shaping up. The world title tournament announced, loaded with talent, potential matches up and down, and it sounds like demolition hot on the heels of Strike Force as well. So lots of great things going on right now here in the WWF as we move on to Wrestling Challenge. February the 14th, take back January 27th in Salisbury, Maryland at the Wacomico Center. And it's quite a unique show this week with Mean Gene Oakland standing on the stage to open the program as he sends us the footage from the main event and, of course, all of the follow-up stuff we got on Superstars as well. So challenge opening just like Superstars here. We get the matchup, Hogan and Andre, from the main event. We get the fallout, the Hogan promo, and then, of course, it's off to the ruling by Jack Tunney. The title now vacant, pending that title tournament, WrestleMania 4. So they make sure to cover the grounds here on both syndicated programs. But Mean Gene opening the show, very unique rather than Gorilla and Bobby, and that was for good reason, because this actually, well, it accomplished two things. First, with the unique intro and Gene hyping the story, it just gave it a big deal feel. But really, in all actuality, it was done because Gorilla Monsoon, who is actually back here on this wrestling challenge to co-host with Bobby Heenan, he made it to post-production to do the commentary, but he wasn't at this TV taping, which only took place a few days after his heart attack. So to cover up the fact, we have Mean Gene introducing the big WWF title storyline here. So with Gorilla not in Salisbury, there was simply no way to insert him into the intro since the WWF hadn't started those crappy green screen backgrounds with the fans yet. I think that comes into play shortly after WrestleMania 4, if I'm not mistaken. But the program goes on, and we do get to hear from Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan on commentary here. They share their take on the entire WWF title situation. Of course, Bobby Heenan not really in agreement with the whole thing. Gorilla thinks it's a great idea. In fact, he thinks the Hulkster was robbed. Imagine that. As we head to the ring for our opening matchup, it's Ken Johnson standing in the ring. His opponent, the Rock Don Morocco. But he's not alone here this week. Morocco, accompanied to the ring 
by superstar Billy Graham. So Graham returning after that injury incident several weeks ago here on TV at the hands of the one-man gang and Butch Reed. But the superstar, now the apparent manager of The Rock Don Morocco. I suppose to give him that extra little oomph there in the personality department, but Morocco now also coming out to Graham's Jesus Christ Superstar theme. But it's sad to see Billy Graham out here making his way to ringside with the help of a cane. And for once, it's not just a prop for a manager. He actually needs it, guys. And as the action gets started, we go off to an insert promo from Don Morocco heading into the title tournament. Talks about the cream of the crop all being involved. And the first stop is Dino Bravo in the first round. As we get back to the ring, the real Dave Hebner refing here because, well, this was taped pre-main event, so it's still Dave Hebner. Dave Hebner actually injured at the main event, so Earl going to replace Dave post-main event TV tapings, but acting as Dave. I know, sounds confusing. We'll talk a little bit more about that when it actually happens here on TV, but for the time being, this was indeed recorded prior to the main event, so this is, in fact, Dave Hebner refing this matchup as it's a good 40 seconds into the match before the two men finally lock horns, but Rock going to dominate here, riding his knee down into the face of Johnson off the top rope, and then the Tombstone pile driver going to get the win. Two minutes and 39 seconds as we head off now to Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the hacksaw. All right, ladies and gentlemen, after what happened on the main event, I think everybody pretty much aware of what is going to be taking place in Atlantic City, New Jersey, at Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino, I can only be talking about WrestleMania 4, Sunday afternoon, March the 27th, 4 p.m. Eastern start, and one tremendous afternoon and evening of World Wrestling Federation action. The World's Heavyweight Championship right now is being held up by World Wrestling Federation officials and our distinguished president, Jack Tunney. We know about the big elimination tournament comprised of all number one contenders, quite obviously and justifiably, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant have received buys from the first round of this elimination tournament. Hacksaw Jim oh, come on excuse in. Excuse me, Gene, Just but a I second. gotta be fired up. Just a second, let me point out, in the first round, Jake the Snake to meet Ravishing Rick Root, as you know. Bam Bam Bigelow goes against the one-man gang. Steamboat and Valentine, and also Savage and Reed will meet in the first round. You're gonna be going against None other than the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Also, in your bracket, Don Morocco to meet Dino Bravo. If you won, you would have to meet the winner of that one. Well, you know, Gene, there's only one way to look at this. you got to take a look at it like it's a chance for a title match. Because, you know, old Hacksaw's not a title match kind of guy. And you can't worry about who Morocco's going to wrestle or who you're going to wrestle after you get by DiBiase. Because, folks... I said it before, and I'll say it again. Ted DiBiase, he's a great technical wrestler, and he's always got some underhanded trick. Of course, Virgil's going to be bouncing outside oh, the ring. You better believe it. But you one thing's for sure. This board right here, it's going to be close at hand, because if things get a little bit carried away, I'm not shy about moving some furniture. I'm not shy about picking up a board and beating some people up. You know, Hacksaw, I think the thing to keep in mind here is one thing at a time, one match at a time. I know it's very difficult to look down the road at the possibility. You don't look down no road, especially when you got Ted DiBiase, because he's got a million tricks. But Hacksaw Jim Duggan just got one, and all you can call that is a two-by-four. WrestleMania oh! 4, get ready, Atlantic City, Sunday, March 27. So Jim Duggan looking at every match in the tournament as a title match, because in a way, they are. 
Duggan going to have to beat up to four men that night to take home the gold. As we go on, we get a replay from last week of the Warrior Hercules snapping of the chain incident, obviously making this a big deal as we saw it on Superstars and now a replay on where it actually aired as well, Wrestling Challenge. So the Warrior push really begins here, guys. As we head back to the ring for tag team action, Haku and Tama, the Islanders, with Bobby the Brain Heenan taking on Leaping Lanny Poffo and Eric Cooper. Is Leaping Lanny holding his own briefly before tagging out to Cooper, who simply gets his ass handed to him here. The Islanders going to dominate from there. Finish going to see Haku pick Eric Cooper up in a suplex position as Tama comes diving off the top rope with a crossbody. Nice little suplex crossbody combo for a finisher here this week. And while it ain't no thrust kick and Tama splash, it gets the job done just the same. Islanders going to pick up the win. Two minutes and 49 seconds as it's off right now to Mean Gene standing by with the Doctor of Style Slick, his one-man gang, and Butch Reed. All right, get ready for WrestleMania 4. Yes, it's going to be happening from Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Sunday afternoon, March the 27th, 4 p.m. Eastern start. Come on in, Doctor of Style Slick. After what happened on the main event, officials of the World Wrestling Federation coming up. With a championship elimination, we've got a couple of rounds for certain. Opening round, of course, obviously, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant have drawn buys, but you got two good chances out of all of the top contenders, Slick. Exactly. And understand it is not an accident, brother. Brother. That's right. It's not an accident. You see, I planned it like that. That's why I've got the best mind in professional wrestling in the day. The best mind. Exactly. All right. Please. Now, yeah, I want to bring in my two superstars. One being the natural Butch Reed, the other, the one-man gang. Gang here is going to be facing Bam Bam Bigelow in the first round. Very formidable opposition. Well, you know what? Everybody's been talking about this is going to be a battle of the budge, a battle of the big men. But you know what, Bam Bam, when you step in the ring against the 747, baby, you just seem like a big man. Because this man is so big that every time he steps on the scale, it reads to be continued. All right, there. <laughs> Please, Slick, give me a break. Exactly right. What about the natural Butch Reed facing Macho Man Randy now, let Savage? Let me tell you about the Macho Man Savage facing the natural Butch Reed, you understand? His chances is slim and none. Slim and and you know what happened to Slim? Uh, slim just left town, baby. And they tell me that I might face who is that steamboat? Or uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Well, let me tell you something, boys. It don't matter which one of you I had to face after that first round, because I'm going to face one of you. So let me tell you, Greg the Hammer, you are going to be the one getting hammered, boy. And Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, you going to be getting steamrolled. I Get ready. think it better be first things first. first. Let's see what happens with the Macho Man. In WrestleMania 4 at Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino, Sunday afternoon, March 27th in Atlantic City. Well, there it is. More hype for the WrestleMania 4 tournament. And I feel like this is going to become a weekly theme, guys, all the way up until the pay-per-view. So strap in. As we head back to the ring, the returning Bam Bam Bigelow, we saw him on Superstars last week. This week, we're going to get a glimpse of him here on Wrestling Challenge. The Bammer with Oliver Humperdinck in his corner, taking on Joe Murdo as this matchup joined in progress. Bam Bam Bigelow immediately plowing down Murdo with a shoulder tackle, and then Bigelow running off the ropes and landing a diving headbutt. Going to get the win, 
16 seconds shown here. Obviously, this match wasn't pretty. You got to remember Bigelow relegated to two or three minute singles matches or even hiding on the apron during tag matches for the first few weeks of January on the house shows. He then went off the road, nursing that bad knee, missing the Royal Rumble, returning in time for these TV tapings here just a few days later. Now, this match on Superstars went just over a minute with very generic big man stuff. Nothing fancy, but he got the job done. And here, I presume Bammer, he didn't look too good. So we get this edit straight to the finish of the matchup and a simple falling headbutt. No slingshot splash either. Very unfortunate what's going on with Bigelow right now, who, who tries to be a trooper here and continue to work with that bum knee. As we go off now to Mean Gene Oakland standing by, it's another promo with the former WWF champion. Here's the Hulkster. Well, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, over the past eight days, I've talked to hundreds of people around the country. They shared with me at a national television audience what happened on the main event between Hulk Hogan, come on in, Andre the Giant. As Casey Stangle said, we was robbed. We was robbed, Hulk Hogan. I was there. I saw at least a five or a six count on Andre the Giant when the referee's back was turned. And also, I saw the shoulder turn on the count of two, and all of a sudden, Andre the Giant ended up being the champion. Well, you know, it doesn't matter what Casey Stengel or Casey Stengel said, brother. It's not the same as when I say it, man. It's like the shot that was heard around the world when I lay a bump rap on somebody. And the only question I need to know, man, is how much bread did the multi-million dollar man lay on the brother to have the plastic surgery to make an identical twin, even down to the fingerprints, man, of David. Hebner, brother, how much bread means, Gene? I wouldn't have a clue. The only thing I can say there is justice, Hulk, in the announcement of the big tournament comprised of all number one contenders in WrestleMania 4 from Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. You have drawn a bye along with Andre the Giant in the first round. However, the two of you will meet in the second round. It's justice, brother. I'm not ask, out here asking for 20 bucks with $5,000 on my arm, brother. I'm out here preaching the gospel of Hulkamania, the prayers, the vitamins, the training, and because of the faith, we don't have to weed through number one contenders. Thank God for Donald Trump. Thank God for the WWE. Thank God for Jack Tunney, because in WrestleMania 4, on one given night, we'll weed through the trash and prove the Hulkamaniacs are the real champions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Hulk Hogan to be part of WrestleMania 4 in Atlantic City, March 27th. So Hulk Hogan looking to prove to everyone who the real WWF champion is, brother. How much money? Hulk still asking that question. Even down to the fingerprints, man. Well, that's a little ludicrous, Hulk. As the former champ proclaims, thank God for the WWF, thank God for Donald Trump, and thank God for Jack Tunney. And I don't think you'll ever hear all of those words in the same sentence again, thankfully. As we go off now to a quick plug, a quick promo here from Jimmy Hart and the Intercontinental Champion Hockey Talk Man plugging his feature article in the new edition of the WWF magazine, and then it's off to the ring. Remember, he told you it would be bad news here this week, guys. Bad News Brown returning to TV, taking on David Studemeyer. And Brown, he needs no intro. Quickly climbs in the ring, attacks Studemeyer, not even waiting for the announcement as Mel Phillips goes running for cover here. Bad News going to tie Dave in the tree of woe, stomping him down in the corner, then dropping him throat first across the top rope. Then from there, it's a nasty-looking left-handed clothesline and the yet-to-be-named Ghetto Blaster, scoring the win two minutes and 42 seconds for Bad News Brown. 
as we get the WrestleMania 4 jackpot promo. It's back to the ring for tag team action. British Bulldogs, Davey Boy Smith, Dynamite Kid, taking on Jose Estrada and Dusty Wolf. Well, I'd suspected Estrada was injured, which is why we had the Red Demon with Rivera here uh, just recently in the TV tapings, but apparently not so. Just splitting the conquistadors up here for this pair of TV tapings, I guess. As we get an insert promo for the matchup from the British Bulldogs. Another update on Matilda. After one week, she seems to be improving. And it was your letters, guys, that did the trick. Way to go. And this Bulldogs match, oddly another matchup here, joined in progress just a few seconds in. No introductions. I guess to fit these matches in the TV show, after spending nearly half the show talking that title tournament. And the matchup going to start off with the heels attacking the Bulldogs. That's never smart. But the Brits going to clear the ring. Davy Boy dropkicking Estrada out to the floor as Dynamite Kid with a nasty pile driver on Dusty Wolf before Davy Boy in with the running power slam. Then Smith going to press his partner Kid high into the air, dropping him with that diving headbutt on top of Wolf, going to get the Bulldogs the win. Two minutes and 15 seconds. And I know Dynamite isn't the Dynamite of old, but as of late, British Bulldogs looking pretty damn good here on TV. And for those wondering, yes, we saw Jose Luis Rivera as the Red Demon on Superstars. We see Jose Estrada here on Challenge, but don't worry, have no fear. The Conquistadors shall return. As we head off now to yet another promo, Mean Gene Oakland standing by with more former WWF champions, at least in their book. It's Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase. Well, I don't mind telling you, ladies and gentlemen, some mighty interesting developments over the past week including the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship being held up by President Jack Tunney. I want to bring in Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. Virgil, join me, if you will. It's a bunch of bunk is what it is. It's a bunch of bureaucracy. This man fulfilled his obligation to me. I bought and paid for. I paid this man a king's ransom, and he delivered. The belt was mine. Tunney, who do you think you are? He's under the pressure of all the little peons out there. All the little peons saying, oh, there was too much confusion, there was two referees. The simple fact is, he won, and he handed the belt down to me, and it belongs to me. So one more time, Andre's robbed, and in turn, I'm robbed. So you want to have a tournament? Well, I'll tell you what. I didn't have to buy the title. I just prove that it could be done, and I proved it. So now there's a tournament. Okay, tournament. The first round that I have, I have you, Hacksaw Duggan, a stumbling, bumbling fool that doesn't have the class to be in the ring with the Million Dollar Man. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll show you, Tunny, all you penny-pinching peons out there in the whole wrestling world what the Million Dollar Man's made of. All right, Andre the Giant, the tactics of the Million Dollar Man thus far proven not to fly. I'll tell you one thing, you say, Sarah, Jack Tunney. Jack Tunney, you better stand Canada. Not coming to USA. We don't need you. You're a troublemaker. That's the third time I win the title already. I have to go back again. And I'm going again. And Hogan, you know you lost it already two times. And it'll be the third time again. Because Hogan, after what I did to you, I know I can defeat you. And you know that too. Hogan, I know you're scared now. And Hogan, I will get you again. And I will that WrestleMania 4. It's going to be mine, and I'm going to make the delivery again. <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. Andre the Giant is getting a bye, justifiably so, as will Hulk Hogan. They will meet, however, in the second round, ladies and gentlemen, of the most electrifying and exciting spectacular ever to be presented by the World Wrestling Federation. 
Sunday afternoon, March the 27th, Trump Plaza, Atlantic City, WrestleMania 4. Well, there you have it. Ted DiBiase is still upset over Jack Tunney's ruling, and now he has Jim Duggan in the first round, who doesn't even belong in the tournament, or even in the ring with the likes of the Million Dollar Man. Meanwhile, Andre the Giant says Hulk Hogan fears him, and he will be sure DiBiase gets that championship belt returned to him at WrestleMania 4 one way or another. So, so Andre, he's really embraced this heel run here. Even without Bobby Heenan as a mouthpiece, doing an excellent job in the heel role is Andre the Giant here in the early part of 88. As we move off now to primetime wrestling, remember, guys, a special Friday night edition, February the 19th, Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon, as we head off now to the intro of primetime. Remember, guys, the gag order has been lifted. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Primetime Wrestling, where we feature the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation. I'm Gorilla Monsoon, and this is... The host, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Well, host, are you happy now? You're oh. Two of your top guys in the feature this week? I'm not happy about that as much as I'm happy about I can speak this week. Well, the gag order is indeed lifted, and well, you can nice. talk about it. But I, I think it's only fair that we let the folks at home who have not yet uh, seen the highlights of that particular match, get a chance to look at it before either of us uh, lend any commentary on it. What do you think? Oh, so I got like a half a gag order on No, me. not not really. I, I just think that it's, it's, it's fair that way. I, w- I was going to talk to you right off the bat about your two guys, Herc and the King, in the feature this week against the uh, British Bulldogs. Fine, let's talk about that. And uh, maybe Matilda will be at ringside? Well, I, maybe uh, not. I'm not sure, but the way I understand it is uh, she still hasn't got great health. Well, I, I understand that uh, she lost a considerable amount of weight. Uh, however, I, she might have been a little on a chubby side to begin with. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, is that what they do in their spare time, go around weighing their dog? No, but, uh, you know, I, I caught that uh, Westminster dog show from the garden right here on uh, USA. Yeah, I had other things to do that day. I'm sure you did. Counting your money. Counting my money. Yeah, and don't spend too much of it because I understand a million-dollar man is looking for some of that bread back. Is he not? What do you mean? I heard that. No, you're just trying to start trouble. Oh, I heard that. Right now, we're going to take a a look at some of the highlights from the big controversial event on February 5. Roll it, please. Will you tell me what you heard? So they talk about it. They touch on it there. The gag order lifted. They're going to talk all about the main event here this week on Primetime. And hey, how about it? We heard it on Wrestling Challenge. We hear it again here from Gorilla Monsoon. Matilda apparently doing a lot better. Well, that's always good news. As the show continues on, of course, there's talk of the upcoming championship tournament, WrestleMania 4, which seemed to work out for Bobby Heenan, who got paid for Andre the Giant, and now Rick Rude going to get himself a title shot as part of that tournament. Let the hype begin. Well, what a surprise. Now thought. the gag order's been lifted. Go ahead. Be my guest. Well, it's very simple. Um, yeah. Andre the Giant defeated the man. Andre the Giant won the world's championship. Because you, the referee's decision has to be abided by. Right. Okay, so, so Andre was the shortest-lived champion in no, the history. No, it's his championship now. He can do whatever he wants with that. That's the way he I did. feel. He surrendered it. I th- He gave it to DiBiase. DiBiase's the world's you champion. You can't do that. Then. It's against the rules to do that. I never saw that in the rule book. I never saw that. This is Jack Tunney's way of protecting Hulk Hogan. Over a Hulk week. Hogan was totally embarrassed. Had he taken that money from DiBiase. Simple. He was beaten. Had he taken that money from DiBiase. Did you see the man's shoulders on the mat? Wasn't it obvious to you? Was it last WrestleMania obvious to you 
No. Andre was... You want to talk about WrestleMania 3? I'll talk about anything you We're want. We're talking about WrestleMania 4. The rule book uh, will be changed because another history-making event is going to make a change in the rules. We'll get into that in just a little this bit. This works out better for me. Yeah, you, had, you have the new 1988 uh, WWE calendar. What about it? Well, this is a collector's item. This is probably the last picture taken of... Uh, Hogan ripping off his T-shirt and with the World's Heavyweight Championship belt around his waist. Well, I'll tell you what. Your man, or your former man, Andre the Giant, has the dubious distinction of being the shortest reigning champion in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. Previously, it was Stan Man Stasiak. Well, that's none of my concern. But, you know, with WrestleMania four coming up here now, my man Ravishing Rick Rude is in it. Look at how the advantage history I have. will be made here. again. There will be a... On March 27th, WrestleMania yes. 4. First time ever that the World's Heavyweight Championship will be decided in a single elimination tournament. That's right. And think, I've already got the money from DiBiase. Now I've got a they chance. have to give it back? No, 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 no. A deal's a deal. I'm, I, I'm, I think it was a wise decision on the part of Jack Tunney to give the Hulkster and Andre a buy in the first he round. Didn't he didn't have the guts to stick to the decision. That's Tunney's problem. We'll be back problem. in just a moment. Give me a break. Let's, let's, let's look at the brackets a minute, Brain. Suppose we have Steamboat meeting the Hammer in the first round. And the winner of that match will w meet the winner of the Savage Reed match. That's going to be a classic conversation. You could end up with the match where a title changed hands in WrestleMania three last year. Steamboat and Savage. Right. In the Continental match, yes. Right. That was probably one of the greatest matches in the history of wrestling. Of all time. A classic conversation. I thought it stunk, but then again, uh, that's just my opinion. I don't care about either of them. I like that snake root match. You do, huh? I like that. I gotta. We'll I gotta, be back with plenty more lucky information. Feeling like Gorilla mentioning there that Andre the Giant beats out Stan Stasiak for the shortest reigning WWF champion of all time. I'm sure Stasiak was happy about that. But the first time ever in WWF history, the title held up, pending a single elimination tournament. Then from there, they look at a few of the first-round matches, but of course, they're going to talk more about that in depth as the weeks go on here. As uh, we got one more soundbite lined up for you here this week on the Grenade Guys from Primetime Wrestling, Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the former IC champion and potentially the future WWF champion, one of the many men involved in that title tournament. Here's the macho man, Randy Savage. Now you've heard the astonishing pronouncement of World Wrestling Federation President Jack Tunney. World Championship is being held up for the time being, but certainly things may be ironed out when WrestleMania 4 happens in Atlantic City at the Trump Plaza on Sunday afternoon, March 27th with a 4 p.m. start. There will be an elimination tournament for the World Wrestling Federation's heavyweight title. Quite obviously, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, receiving buys and justifiably so in the first round. However, other top contenders will meet in various brackets in that first round, including this man, by virtue of all that he's done at the World Wrestling Federation yeah. over the past three years. Macho Man Randy Savage, you're going to be part of this big tournament, and your opponent in the first round is going to be none other than the natural Butch Reed. First of all, what do you make of all that's happened over the past week, 10 days. I'm going to answer your second question first. I right like that. There. Yeah. yeah, WrestleMania 4 with all the focus and attention going right there to that one place in time. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Natural Butch Reed. Right now, looking into the video scope, I got respect for you as an athlete, super athlete, but you don't have the only key to the gym, yeah. There's other people that have paid their dues and that focus of attention at WrestleMania 4. 
for is gonna be spectacular, a spectacle, yeah. But, uh, yeah, go ahead, right You know, now, Macho yeah. Man Randy Savage, it's no secret, in late 1987, you were proclaimed to be one half of the mega powers along with Hulk Hogan. What do you make of what has happened to Hulk Hogan and the World Heavyweight Championship? That question right there is too hot to handle right now. Yeah, I'm thinking I hear voices, but my eyes don't lie. Yeah, and you know what I'm talking about, Ted DiBiase. Yeah, this will carry you a little ways, but it won't take you all the way. Yeah, you're going to be taught that sometime in your life. And I think WrestleMania 4 can be the place. Yeah, but Butch Natural Reed, I'm talking the guy with the big guns. Yeah, that's the guy I'm concentrating on. Yeah, WrestleMania 4, I'll be there and ready. Yeah. All right, he is one of the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation in WrestleMania 4 in the tournament for the world title, the Macho Man, to meet the natural Butch Reed. Yeah, Macho Madness could be running wild at WrestleMania 4. We'll have to wait and see Savage drawing the natural Butch Reed in the first round, but lots of other names to contend with as well. As also on this edition of Primetime, Gorilla Monsoon makes first mention that WrestleMania 4 will be four hours long. Wow, four-hour WrestleMania. Never before in the history at that point in time. As Bobby Heenan randomly mentions, he wants a new Primetime set. He's sick of looking at this one. And after this Friday night special, Primetime Wrestling headed back to Mondays, which means we're only three days away from the next episode of Primetime. As we have three exclusives here this week on Primetime Wrestling, three big matchups, well, three matchups anyway, a couple of them taped here January 26th, Hershey, Pennsylvania, Steve Lombardi and Barry Horowitz picking up a victory over the team of Lanny Poffo and Cowboy Scott Casey. Match goes about five minutes. Lombardi actually pinning Lanny Poffo with a clothesline after Poffo was running the ropes, running into a knee in the back from Barry Horowitz, staggering in to that Lombardi clothesline, going to give the future brawler and Barry Horowitz the win here. You don't see that very often. Also in Hershey, it was the King Harley race teaming with the mighty Hercules, Bobby Heenan, not ringside to begin things anyway, but it's race and Hercules defeating the team of the British Bulldogs on a countout. Match goes about nine minutes. Now, midway through the matchup, Bobby Heenan wandering ringside eventually distracting the Bulldogs with that invisible dog leash. The Bulldogs chasing Heenan backstage. They wind up getting counted out. Now, the Bulldogs will return to ringside and clear the ring of the heels, but the heels get the win there on a countout. And I ask you guys to keep that finish in mind for next week's episode of The Grenade. Also here on Primetime this week, another exclusive taped in Salisbury, Maryland back on January the 27th. It was the Conquistadors. See, I told you they were still here. Conquistadors picking up a victory over Brady Boone and Omar Atlas. This may be the only big TV win here for the Mask Duo, as they're going to defeat Atlas in about six and a half minutes here. Going to use a catapult into a clothesline off the top rope. Double team maneuver. Very cool there. But the timing, just impossible to hit right every time out, so we won't see that many more times, but very cool. Conquistadors with a victory here on TV. And that's going to wrap it up here this week for the Grenade Show. Guys, I appreciate everybody here listening. Want to ask you guys to do me a solid. If you love the Grenade Show or any of the other shows here on the WrestleCopia Podcast Network, do me a favor. Head on over to Apple or any of the other podcast streaming apps that allow you to rate the shows. Don't just leave the five-star rating, but actually leave a sentence or two. Tell people why you like the Grenade. It'll really help the show. It'll really help the brand as a whole. 
But that does indeed wrap it up here this week. Two weeks of February TV in the books, two more weeks to go. And when we come back, oh man, lots more news. Many matches signed for WrestleMania 4 over the next couple weeks of TV. Can't wait to get to all of that. Of course, we know the tournament, the big story here this week, Jack Tunney stripping DiBiase of the belt that he apparently never really owned. You can't buy a championship, DiBiase, unless you're the 2009 Yankees. But I digress. That will indeed wrap it up here this week. The championship tournament upon us. We are now six weeks away from WrestleMania and one week away from more February TV for 1988 here in the WWF. Can't wait to get to it. The storyline is going to progress. More WrestleMania matches to be announced. So much coming in the next episode of The Grenade. So stay tuned, guys. And of course, I ask you guys to go check out all the great podcasts here on WrestleCopia, the Regional Wrestling Podcast, the Wrestling Stoop with Bob Roop. Hey, it's Pearl Wrestling Academy right around the corner. Going to be launching yet another podcast all about the history of Japanese professional wrestling. Going to have an amazing host for that show. We'll be announcing him soon. So stay tuned for that and so much more. Of course, you guys can follow me on X, formerly Twitter, at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And of course, you can subscribe to YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And certainly, I would be very appreciative if you guys give it a try talking about that $5 all-access tier over at Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. So many gifts for just $5. And you guys have been requesting it for months, well, really years by now. WrestleCopia videocast coming very soon, both to Patreon and YouTube. Just what will we be watching? What will we be covering? Stay tuned to find out. But for now, guys, it's time to finish up the show. We will be back with more February TV here. Going to close out the month of February already here next time around. And then it's March. Off to March. And by the end of that month, WrestleMania 4. And in between, we've got another edition of Saturday Night's Main Event to cover as well. So lots to happen here between the middle of February and the end of March. But for now, this is Ray Russell saying from pillar to post and coast to coast. You pull the pin and I'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there! February 5th, 1988 will go down in World Wrestling Federation history as a day of infamy. Never before has there been such controversy to surround a World Wrestling Federation championship match. I now declare the title vacant, and this vacancy to be filled on March 27th of this year during WrestleMania 4 in the form of the first ever World Wrestling Federation championship tournament.